You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. This is the Leaf Sky Podcast. Here's your host, Jim Taddy. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode number 47 of Leaf Sky. Thank you, Mike Ross, our PA announcer, and, of course, the PA announcer at Scotiabank Arena, home of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Coming up on the podcast today, Dave McCarthy from Sirius XM NHL Radio Network will stop by. He also works for NHL.com. Going to have a spirited discussion about what lies ahead for the Leafs and with the expansion draft happening next week and then, of course, the entry draft and then, of course, free agency. It's going to be an interesting time, so we'll see how the Leafs practice their version of asset management. Before we get there, you've heard about us talking about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, and how payday can come every day by entering their contest with huge cash prizes up for grabs. Making a lineup on DraftKings adds excitement to every night and is simple to do. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion, $7 billion to users across all sports. Ladies and gentlemen, here is the call to action. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app, sign up using the code THPN, New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. So now to the hockey story. And we have word our NHL insiders telling us that the Leafs are granting the Hyman camp permission to seek other opportunities so they could work a trade and this is the old uh, situation where you you have a deal with somebody else it's pretty clear you're not going to re-sign with your team and then your old team works out a trade and gets some assets back before you hit the open market it's up to the acquiring team to make the signing too sweet like right away so that they don't have the same thing where the asset walks out the door and so now that we've reached that with Zach Hyman I'm, I'm finally going to say this and you'll hear this in the conversation with Dave McCarthy coming up very shortly Elise finally getting ahead of the curve. They've been played by some of these situations, and I have to tell you, I'm not very happy about it. Here's the conversation with Dave McCarthy, Sirius XM, NHL Radio Network, and NHL.com. Dave, a calm day out there weather-wise, but there's plenty of stuff floating around in the air, isn't there? That's a busy time of year, right? I mean, it's one of the shortest, most condensed off-seasons we've ever experienced in the National Hockey League. Uh, then add in the wrench of the Seattle Kraken coming into the league in the expansion draft and all of the uh, permutations that that throws into the mix. Um, we're getting ready for the uh, protected list to be released on the, uh, the weekend. Uh, there's always the potential for a trade, a signing, a buyout, as we've already seen today with Keith Yandel. Um, it's really almost uh, a big story two or three times a day at this point. So it's kind of an exciting time, to be honest with you. It is, and it's kind of a fluctuating market because there's a lot of players that will be bought out going into the expansion draft and maybe on the other side of the expansion draft, which creates sort of a new market. And and the other issue is that most people, uh, when they look at Seattle, they figure they're drafting a starting lineup. What they're drafting is assets to be moved around. Think of what Vegas did, drafted a lot of defensemen and then tried to move some of them around. I mean, so you, so you, it's not – I mean, the expansion draft is the first step, but it's by no means the last step, is it? 
No, not at all. And as you put with the uh, the buyouts, for some teams, there's a benefit to prolonging their buyouts past the expansion draft. For instance, uh, the New York Rangers with Tony D'Angelo, it looks like it's abundantly clear he is going to get bought out. But I do not expect them to do that until after the expansion draft uh, because he uh, satisfies a player that is required to be left eligible. And if they were to buy him out, then they'd have to um, they'd have to uh, leave somebody else eligible who they may like to keep. But on the other hand, uh, some teams, for instance, Ryan Suter with the Minnesota Wild bought him out. And that came as a surprise to me because I still think he's a pretty good player. But in doing so prior to the expansion draft, um, he had a no-movement clause. It now allows uh, the Wild to protect Matt Dumba, who otherwise they would have had to leave exposed and quite likely would have been taken not just as an asset but as a player. Uh, that Seattle would want. So um, those are the intricacies that uh, that you have to deal with when it comes to the expansion draft. And, and as you say, a guy like Ryan Suter, well, suddenly if you can get him for short-term low money, considering the fact he's just been bought out, um, he's a little older, yes, but, man, he's still a pretty effective player that I'd be uh, really interested in, in looking at. So those are the types of things that, that are going to happen over the next uh, two or three weeks before the draft, after the expansion draft, and then leading up to free agency, that, uh, as you say, the market is going to shift, uh, I think, very quickly week to week as new players become available as situations change. Yeah, not a normal situation. And, you know, we will get around to the Leafs, but we're sort of identifying the pool that the Leafs can jump into. Um, a, a different market based on flat cap, based on expansion draft, which is a rare combo. But, but having said that, um, there are a number of players, and, and Ryan Suter may not be one of them, but there are a number of players that the Leafs could look at on, on short-term deals, stopgap moves to get them through what could be uh, just an odd roster transition period for them. There are. Um, you know, you discount Ryan Suter. I mean, me too to an extent, but – um, man, if he ever had any interest in coming up to the Leafs on a one-year deal, man, would I be interested in, in seeing what he would be able to provide? I mean, yeah. like, I'm sorry. In, in your top four, even in your – like, they're going to need some defensemen, right? The Leafs are. Because it doesn't look like Zach Bogosian is going to come back. Uh, and they may well lose either a Justin Hall or a Travis Dermott in the expansion draft which is to say you'll have Morgan Riley, you'll have T.J. Brody, you'll have Jake Muzzin, you'll have Rasmus Sandin for sure, and one of Dermott or Hall. So there's five, uh, likely. Again, I would expect one of Dermott or Hall to get picked, not Alex Kerfoot. I just don't see the value there for, for Seattle at that type of money uh, for what he brings. I don't think he's, he's a guy that you'd want on your roster at that number, and I don't think he's a guy that holds a great deal of value in trade at that number based on the performance of recent years. So that's why I expect one of those defensemen. So that said, you'll need a defenseman. Um, Rasmus Sandin better be ready to play. Uh, you've got Timothy Lilligren in the pipeline, but as far as I'm concerned, you need to insulate against the possibility that you may give him a shot and he cannot play uh, regularly in this league, which is to say why, man, if, if you would – if you could ever find a way to convince Ryan Suter to come up here on a, on a year's deal or even a two-year deal at, at low money, I still think this guy's a real, real quality player that he could really help a team in Toronto. Not only just in terms of on the ice, but from an experience standpoint as well. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, and, and you've opened up an interesting door. And, and so this is my theory on 
the first 41 games next season in the full 82-game schedule. I think in the first 41 games, people like Timothy Lilligren and other people in the Marlies on entry-level contracts have to be almost given uh, a mandate to play themselves off the roster just because you have to exhaust the look to make sure that this guy is an NHL player or not, and the, and the low salary cap hit will actually give the Leafs some flexibility. So that's sort of how I see the season starting. Would you yeah. agree? Yes, yes, I do. Um, for you know a couple of reasons, as you put it, the low salary cap hit at the beginning of the year gives you some further flexibility come trade deadline time if you decide you want to go out and augment your roster. You're accruing salary cap space um, in that case. You also you drafted them in the first round. What was he, 17th overall in, in 2017, I think? Spend yeah. some time. Like, it's yeah. now or never. It's now or never, really, for Timothy Lilligren. Like, if he can't play, if you give him a run of games, and not just five, but as you say, like 30 legit games, um, and if he can't play, well, then it's time to move on and realize you don't have what you may necessarily have hoped you had um, as a young, cheap guy coming up the pipeline. Or maybe he, maybe he uh, acclimatizes himself quite well and you surprise yourself and you really like what you see. I would be um, uninclined to believe that will be the result, but who knows? Um, but, but I'm with you. I think you, you do have to play some of those younger guys to see what you have. And if not, it's time to turn the page, as you always say. And, yep. and, and you're right about that. You can't keep guys around forever you got to fish or cut bait sometimes. And if um, ultimately that fit is not within your organization and you've given someone an, an opportunity and it doesn't pan out, you turn the page. If they go elsewhere and they have some success, so be it. But it just wasn't going to happen here. Yeah, you got to exercise some asset management. I mean, that's the only way to look at it. And you give the, you give the kid an audition. You dare him to play himself off the roster. And if he does, then you're going to have to move him out. And that applies to probably the two, only, or three, two or three well, defensemen, maybe four yeah, or five forwards. The only the only hesitancy I have in that is that by no means I guaranteed to be a playoff team uh, next next season simply by showing up to the rink in September. That that Atlantic Division is not going to be easy to book yourself a playoff spot. Obviously Tampa Bay, uh, Boston I think is, is still going to be a quality team. Florida had a strong year and I don't expect them to to take a step back. Um, and they didn't exactly play a, a poor roster of teams uh, to get themselves into the playoffs this year. I thought they, they really had to earn their, uh, earn their way in, and I thought they were very good. I haven't even mentioned Montreal yet. I think Ottawa's going to be a plucky bunch. That's my only concern is that while you need to give some young guys a run of games, you also got to be careful that things can't go too far south too quickly because it's not going to be an easy an easy division to, to book a playoff spot into, and then and then you look uh, elsewhere in the uh, the Atlantic. And there's some good teams down there, so wild, the wild cards are going to get spoken for pretty quickly as well. That's my only concern. Yeah, no, I I agree with your concern. I'm just saying that 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 what I've mapped out there has to be done to some extent. It's not the only way they're going to move forward. They have to add pieces, and they're going to have to make trades. And so if Kerfoot is not taken by Seattle they're going to have to trade him because they're going to need the salary space then we're hearing reports that they're already looking at moving Zach Hyman as a, a free agent trade in that negotiating period where he can find a deal somewhere else it could be like that like the NBA's version of a sign and trade and, and right. I'm, I'm happy that they've reached that decision because they got to get ahead of this thing 
Yeah, like Montreal did with Joel Edmondson last year from uh, Carolina. They uh, traded a pick for him, and they got exclusive negotiating. They locked him up, and, yeah, man, he played pretty good for them this year. So there's uh, sense in doing that, and there was sense in doing it for Carolina because they got a pick. And, my goodness, Jim, the Leafs need some picks. They only got three picks in the draft this year. Like Kyle Dubas basically doesn't have to show up to work. Um, that's how little activity they have is they don't get a move on some things. So it's, it's really unfortunate that it's come to this with Zach Hyman because, I mean, I think you're of the same mind. The Leafs need more Zach Hyman's, not less. I, I do not begrudge Zach at all for deciding that, hey, I, I need to look elsewhere and at least take a peek and see what the offers uh, are out there to be had. And remember, if the Leafs trade Hyman to a, a different team for a pick in advance of free agency – not necessarily does he have to sign there. He could always decide, no, I, I don't like what, uh, you know, Team X is offering. I'm still going to go to free agency. And he could always decide to take the, the offer on the table uh, that the Leafs are, are certainly going to put out there. So from a cost standpoint, it's going to have to be one that, that satisfies Toronto. But he could always decide to take it if he just decides he does not want uh, to move. So, you know, we'll see what happens. But I think that would be smart management at this point um, to at least accrue a pick because they, they do need to, to stockpile um, in that area. They, they really don't have enough picks. They went all in at the deadline. I don't fault them for it. I thought it was the right move. Didn't work out. Well, look, I, you know, I said on the air the other day, um, none of the, what's happening here is a surprise. Uh, it was preordained. Everybody knew the road that Zach Diamond was going to go down, and everybody knew the road that Freddie Anderson was going to go down in terms of contract renewal. This is not a breaking story. This was in the works for the last year or so, and it applies also next year to Morgan Riley so, and, and also Jack Campbell. So, so they, they have to get ahead of this. And in my opinion, you know, if, you are, if you're not going to re-sign Zach Hyman, you trade him, you get some assets back so you can use those assets to then acquire somebody that, that can be considered to be Zach Hyman too, if you can find that guy. But to just sit there and watch the guy walk out the door is absolutely yeah. wrong. Oh, I agree. And I, let, let's, let's not kid ourselves here. I don't think um, if they do move Hyman in advance of free agency, I mean, it's not going to be a significant asset. At best, it's going to be like a, a third, maybe a, a second-round pick. You're not getting multiple pieces. But, no, 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 um, something, anything, right? But, but hey, at this point, uh, something is better than nothing. Um, the, the, the interesting thing you say about Morgan Riley, and I agree with you, is he's going into the final year of his deal. And then hearing, you know, from a number of different people um, and, and sort of putting that together with what Kyle Dubas said at his uh, uh, end-of-season uh, uh, news availability, I don't think the Leafs are necessarily going to be all that comfortable in letting Morgan Riley play out the final year of his deal uh, heading to free agency. So I would expect something later in the summer once – things calm down with the, the expansion draft and the entry draft and free agency and trades. Once that kind of calms down into August, I wouldn't be surprised to see something be done, whether that is um, if they can come to some sort of an agreement for a new extension um, or uh, a trade at some point, because I, I really don't get the sense that the Leafs are comfortable letting Riley uh, go into free agency at the end of next year. It's becoming a bad habit, quite honestly, in Toronto, uh, well, where, core, where core guys are doing that. And then uh, when, when you're in the type of position you are from a cap standpoint, you've kind of boxed yourself in um, and, and, and are behind the eight ball. And then you end up with, with quality players 
um, moving out the door for, for absolutely nothing. And that doesn't do your, your group really any good at all. Well, listen, I, I would give the organization a failure in, in asset management. And I'm going to go through this asset management could be you draft somebody or you draft similar players and there's no need to have three of the same players. So you have to move the surplus out. They, they don't really seem to want to do that. Asset management is knowing that one of your star wingers, a vital player is going to go to free agency and, and letting him walk out the door. You cannot let that happen. Asset management is again, revisiting, finding a backup goaltender. That is a mistake. I mean, you, these are situations that you can see years ahead. You have to get ahead of these things, and then they're getting played by them. So I would applaud, yeah. I would applaud a, a Zach Hyman trade and stepping up and figuring out where Morgan Riley projects on this roster years down the road and making a move to reflect that. Oh, I'm with you. I, I give a failure in asset management as well, and I think what uh, this, this um, administration, for lack of a better word, Dubas' uh, administration – um, has gotten caught up in is the reluctance to ever divest themselves of anybody that they feel is a quote-unquote skilled player. They are preoccupied with accumulating an, an overabundance of skill, um, and, and they're, they're reluctant to ever give any of that up. They're trying to hoard it. But what happens is there's only so many spots in a lineup on any given night that you can dress um, a guy in and and then what happens is as we've seen now as we've gotten a few years down the road um, you end up having to lose guys with skill simply because they're now at a point where they can walk out the door um, and you get nothing for them and um, they, they've really never been in a position to help you because you can't get them all in the lineup at the same time you know, I wonder where we're going with, with Rasmus Sandin if, if we're the Maple yeah. Leafs right now. Because, well, look, if you, if you re-sign Morgan Riley and you have Jake Muzzin on the books, um, is Rasmus Sandin really a third-pairing type of guy? I mean, honestly, I don't think he really is. Um, now, you can look at, at Tampa Bay and say, well, they've found a way to make it work with Hedman and McDonough and Sergachev on the left side of their blue line. And, and that is true. Um, do you see uh, a similar type of situation working out with Riley, Muzzin, and Sandine as your left side? Um, it's possible, but it, I'm, I'm just not sure if the fit is there. Um, you know, then you've also got Dermot, if he does not get taken in, uh, in the expansion draft. So you've got an abundance of guys in the same area. Um, what's going to happen? Are you end up going to have to uh, let a guy like Riley walk? Well, I don't think they're going to do that. That's why I think um, at the end of the, by the end of the summer, we'll have come to some sort of a decision on what is going to happen with Morgan Riley um, in terms of his future with his team, whether that is uh, a long-term extension uh, or a trade, because to let him go into that last year to me makes makes absolutely no sense. Okay, so let's let's um, end it on this thought. You brought up the Tampa Bay blue line. Look at that blue line. Go back maybe six or seven years, two general managers, and how they traded people off that blue line and acquired people to play on that blue line. This wasn't this wasn't a fall in love with your draft picks routine. This was what's better for the franchise. Well, it was right because we forget that, that Ryan McDonough and Mikhail Sergachev 
uh, were acquired through trade. They were not drafted by, by Tampa Bay. Um, so, you know, I guess there, there was an assessment and they identified that, that look, in the roles that we want, uh, McDonough and Sergachev can complement Victor Hedman appropriately. And the, obviously the answer to that question is, is yes, they can. Um, so there's a bit of a, a difference in, in that standpoint. Um, Riley, <laughs> Dermott, Sandine, they're all draft picks. Muslim's been acquired by trade. I think you need a guy like Muslin uh, on your blue line. Uh, though I believe he'll be going into, what, his third uh, year of a four-year deal, or will it be his second? I, I can't say off the top of my head, but he's, I, believe he's, he's, yeah, I believe he's going into his third. He's getting a little older, too. Um, the, the window is starting to, to close there to an extent. Um, and the other thing with, with Jake is, and it's no fault to him, is um, from an availability standpoint, he tends to go through periods of injury throughout the course of the year. So you need some depth on your back end uh, for sure, which is, you know, goes back to what we talked about earlier in, uh, in the chat. I think the Leafs are really going to go, need to go out and, and accumulate some depth defensemen in the off season. Cause I think they're, they're going to be down a couple of bodies uh, from what, what we saw last year. And, uh, and I think they're going to need to look at, at getting two you know, veteran type of guys. That can that can play and can insulate you from underperformance from young players. Yeah, Muzzin has three years left, including okay, the season three years that's left. coming up, so five point six. But I mean, point is, what I'm getting to is Sandina Lilligren. As much as the potential is there, when you're drafting people in the first round and it's taking them four to five years, and then they're they're sort of auditioning for low end spots. I think it's time to move on. Well, that's that's the thing. I mean. Uh, as a, as a good buddy of ours, Jeff O'Neill always says, you never get taken out of the lineup for playing too good. And he's right about that. Yeah. Um, and uh, in, in this case, neither Sandine, maybe more through, um, through opportunity, uh, based on who's ahead of him in the roster, uh, nor Lilligren, simply because of, uh, I don't think he's played well enough, have been able to get themselves a consistent run of games. Sandine's shown flashes, but then... There have been other times, like when he's had to come out of the lineup midway through the first round, where it became clear after a couple of games, oh, no, wait, he's kind of in over his head again. We need to, we need to make a change there. So um, at, at the end of the day, the fact is neither one has put themselves in a position where you simply cannot take them out of the lineup if you're the head coach. And uh, from 2017 for Lilligren and now 18 for uh, Sandine, we're heading into 2021-22. That's quite some time. If you're a first-round pick, I mean, that is a long time to, to wait for a guy to, to, to put, themselves in, put themselves in that position. Um, I'm, I'm with you. Last minute of play in this podcast. And there is the time warning from PA announcer Mike Ross. Time now to play yes guy, no guy. Yes guy, no guy, number one. Trade Zach Hyman. Well, if you're not going to sign him, absolutely yes guy. Trade him. Get some assets back and use those assets and maybe something else to get a winger or two to play on the left side of the top two lines. Clearly, it's not going to be Zach. Find somebody else and do it quick. Yes guy, no guy, number two. Protect eight skaters. Throw an emphatic yes guy. I mean, come on. If, if you go 7-3-1, and one, you're going to lose a top four defenseman or at least risk the possibility of it. What the Leafs don't need is another hole in their roster. So yes guy, protect eight skaters. Yes guy, no guy. Get ahead of the Morgan Riley situation. Oh, an emphatic yes guy. Are you kidding me? 
you have to have a plan here. I mean, Morgan Riley's either going to be your guy for the next, even though his contract expires after next year. If you have him projected as a main part of this roster for the next five years or more, then you have to sign him to reflect that. If the answer is no, he's got to be moved. So get ahead of the Morgan Riley situation, an emphatic yes guy. And here is the final yes guy, no guy. And again, it sort of mirrors the Morgan Riley situation. Get ahead of the Jack Campbell situation. He's going to be a free agent in a year's time as well. So I don't know what your projections are, but you have to either backfill so that if he leaves, you've got somebody there who can take over. Or if you anoint him the guy, then you got to be making tracks towards an extension of some sort. But either way, whatever it is, get ahead of that situation. Well, thanks for stopping by. I hope you enjoyed episode 47 of Leaf Sky, and hope you come back next week for episode 48.